Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell, says James chapter 3. But Brad, I thought we were in Colossians. Yes, so James chapter 1, 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. Brad, that's still not Colossians. I know James chapter 3 then goes on to say, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of of deadly poison. Good morning, Hill City Church. My name is Brad. I'm just one of the pastors here. Uh, we are indeed in Colossians, uh, and we're going to get to that, and I want to do a heavy review of Colossians before we dive into our passage, and it will very, uh, very closely relate to what we read in James chapter 3. It's great to have you for visiting. We have about uh, 200 of our closest friends are not here. It looks like they're on spring break, but the ones that stuck around, you guys are troopers. Good to see y'all. All right. So let me review Colossians as we get going. Colossians chapter 1, if you'll remember, it talked about that God qualified us. We did not qualify ourselves. God qualified us. God delivered us. God transferred us from a kingdom of darkness over to a kingdom of light. We did not transfer ourselves. God transferred us. That's chapter 1. Chapter 2 then goes on to say, as Bailey read today, that it was God who made us alive. See, we were dead and God made us alive. God forgave us, Colossians chapter 2 says. God canceled our debt, Colossians chapter 2 says. Then we get into Colossians chapter 3 where it says, you have been raised with Christ. Something you need to understand is because all of these are true, like this is a done deal. If you're following Jesus, everything I just told you, in stone. It'll never be undone. You will never be disqualified. He's not going to transfer you back to a kingdom of darkness. He's not going to take you who were once dead and he made you alive. He's not going to make you dead again. You will never be dead again. The debt that he forgave, you will no longer and never again will you be in debt. This is a done deal. We're still reviewing here. Because all of that is a done deal, set in stone, never to be undone, now he tells us in chapter 3, to then set your mind on things that are above. And about a month ago, I preached about this. I, I taught about how, how we can actually change our neural pathways. We can change our thinking. The brain is uh, plastic, and, and, and the way God designed it 
So my question would be, for those of you who, who were around for this sermon on setting our mind on things that are above, um, what is it that you've changed about your thinking in the last month? Like, can, what are the new neural firings that you've been trying to establish? Hopefully, there has been some. This letter to the Colossians, it's an intricate letter. If you remember, this is one letter. It's to be read all at once. It all ties together. It's not chunked up. And to, but today, for time's sake, what I'm going to do is I'm kind of going to do a two-part uh, sermon. I'm going to do the first part this week. I'm going to do the second part next week. So let, let us jump into Colossians now. I'm going to read this. I won't, we won't go over this whole passage. I'm going I'm to let you know what we're going to talk about. But, if, but Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 and 10. I'll start at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Slander and obscene talk from your mouth, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. Remember that phrase, renewed in knowledge, after the image of its creator. Now you could have missed it, but I just told you a bunch of things that are in stone, not to be undone. And then I read this passage, and there were two more things happened. It is, a, it is true of you if you're following Jesus. This happened. Here it is. Ready? It says you have put off. You have put off. This has happened. You have put off the old self. That's one. Number two. And you have put on a new self. Now that word for self uh, in Greek. Actually self is, is, a, is a kind of a junky translation. And I know the guys that did it are way smarter than me. But here's a more accurate and better translation. Humanity. You have, Daniel talked about this, you have put off an old humanity. That's what was going on in this kingdom of darkness. He transferred you into a kingdom of light, and now you have put on a new humanity. Because we are a new humanity, there's a new way of thinking. Okay, now, simultaneously, you have put on the new humanity. And you have put off the old humanity. Now you are to put on some things and to put off some things because of what has happened to you. Does that make sense? This won't happen if we're not thinking properly. That, that is what I want you to get. If you go away from Colossians chapter 3 think, man, I've got to set my mind, my heart, my inner self, my gut, all the most inner part of me, I've got to set that on things that are above. And once I do that, then I can properly put on and put off what I'm supposed to put on and put off. So we've talked about anger, 
wrath, malice. Those are things that you've got to continually put off because you have put on a new humanity. You need to put on kindness because you've put off a new humanity. We've talked about last week, pride. That's something we put off. Humility is this thing that we put on. Now this brings us to sort of the part one of what we're going to do the ne- over the next two weeks. And I want us to do this this morning, Hill City. I want us to look at what we say with our mouths or with our words. Because if I just simply said, I want us to look at what we say with our mouths, I leave this out. Sin. It's the same with your words. When the Bible talks about the tongue being in a fire, that's talking about this too. We just set fires with our fingers, but really it's our words. Now just so you're clear, like this isn't a sermon about uh, whether you should cuss or say bad words. Okay, because maybe what you think is a bad word, I may not think is a bad word. And plus, I just don't want us to get in our Bible Belt box and think, sweet, we don't cuss here. Because we're good Christians. Listen, this is so much deeper than if you say a bad word. Okay, let me give you another example, right? So, so there's a word, right? And a, there are kids in here. So kids, here's what I want to tell you. You need to obey your parents, wherever you are in here. If they tell you you can't say a word, then you don't need to say that word, okay? So let me explain how this kind of works in my house, right? So the, the word that's kind of a fringe word, right, sucks. It's, we don't want our 9 and 10-year-olds running around saying sucks, likely. But like in my house particularly, and I'm not writing a parenting one-on-one book, so listen, throw your stones, throw your stones. So like if Brody, my 10-year-old, is like, you know what, Dad, the royals suck. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like I agree. And his mom's like, no, he can't say that. And I'm like, I know, but he's right. Like, what, what do you? So then now we, so now I have to have a talk with Brody. I'm like, okay, buddy, listen, we're not going to say that word. Don't go to school saying that word. Probably, it's actually unwise. You probably shouldn't even say it. I agree with you, but let, right? So that's the talk in our house. Where maybe in your house, you're like, no, I will wash your mouth out with soap. Don't you ever, okay? That's, listen, that is not what this is about. It's so much deeper than that. And before we even dive into this, I want you to understand this too. This isn't about some behavior modification. This isn't simply about you stopping an action or stopping uh, using some words and starting. It's about, it's about pointing and, and, and starting a new action. So what, what am I talking about? Well, in verse 8 and verse 9 is really where we're landing today. The back part of verse 8. Now verse 8 starts, but you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice. We've talked about those. Here we go. You ready? Slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. So slander, obscene talk, and lying. We're going to talk about these today. What are these words? So slander. In the Greek, this word is you're going to recognize this. The word that they use here, blasphemia. Blasphemia, right? We get our word blasphemy from this word slander. Now, those of you who, who have been in our Leadership Institute, this is going to be very familiar. To, and, and I did call Dr. Andrew Albritton, who he spoke and taught a session in our Leadership Institute. Then he wrote an essay. All Leadership Institute students, you have that essay. I called Dr. A. I was like, I'm stealing your stuff. He's like, have at it. So just so you know. But he talked, he was teaching communication. He took us to Titus chapter 3, 
uh, verse 2, where Paul is telling Titus, he says, speak evil of no one. Speak evil of no person. That word speak evil is the exact same word, blasphemia. And, it, and, and listen, we hear speak evil, and it's like, well, I don't speak evil about, no, listen to me, this is, we have been transferred to this kingdom, the kingdom of light. And here's what that means. The word of God says this, don't talk bad about anybody. Like it's not, well, I don't say evil things. Listen to me, don't talk bad about people. And Paul in Colossians says, slander, talking bad about people, you got to put it off. So Dr. Albritton was sharing with us how he was reading uh, a sermon from John Wesley. And in that sermon, oh, this was a sermon from like the 1600s, he says this of Titus chapter 3 verse 2. Speak evil of no man. That's what Titus chapter 3 verse 2 says. Speak evil of no man, says the great apostle. As plain a command as thou shalt not murder. But who even among Christians regards this command? Okay, before I go any further, you've got to hear this, okay? This is a pastor of this church, and I'm just going to spend a time of confession. A guilty. Okay, this is not some rebuke to you all. If you're visiting this church, these aren't things that are going on in our church that we're addressing, right? That's not what we do. We just go through the Bible. This is, what, this is where the text has us. But I want, you know, as I study this, as I wrote this sermon, I'm like, Lord, what are, what are you doing to me here? Because I'm guilty. A guilty man is bringing you this word today. So how do we say bad things about people? I'm going to give you just three, and there are more. But uh, the, the one way is gossip. Gossip is a thing. And it's old humanity way of speaking. And it's normal in the kingdom of darkness. It's not supposed to be normal in the kingdom of light. And if you guys take our covenant membership class, I talk about this. You can read in Genesis chapter 9. You guys know Noah, right? He built the ark. Everybody's like, yeah, he built the ark. Well, there's a little story about him before that where he's drunk because he drank a lot. And he was actually naked because he had to go frank the tank with it sometimes, okay? So he, 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 he's so drunk that he's naked and he has a son, Ham, that finds him. And Ham, like, sees his naked, drunk dad, and he turns around, and he just has to go start talking. And the thing about what he was saying is it wasn't a lie. But you know what it was? Blasphemia. And then Noah's other two sons who knew about it, they, they actually didn't even lay their eyes on their naked father because it was been, been such a dishonorable thing. They, they walked in backwards, took a cloak, and they covered his nakedness and they didn't talk about it now i'm going to let you figure the rest of the story out but one of those sons was cursed and the others weren't this brings no blessing this starts fires psalm 101:5 whoever slanders his neighbor God says I will destroy the 
Bethel City Church, I'm just gonna, we say this a lot, I just want to say, Mary, if, if anyone's coming to you and you even sense gossip, just stop them in their tracks with grace and humility. Just say, hey, are you getting ready to say something that is not good about another person? And if you are, just, just know I don't, I don't want to take part in this conversation. I love you, I just don't want to take part in this conversation. Or maybe you can't do that fast enough and you hear, uh, you hear them saying something bad about somebody what we want Hill City people to do is go, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, you, you just said that about so-and-so, wait, you just said that about Aaron, um, have you talked to Aaron about that? No? Listen, I love you, I, you need to go talk to Aaron about that. That's how, that's how we handle this. That, that's how it's handled in the kingdom of light. But it's not just gossip, there's another one, venting, oh, Venting. We're good at venting, huh? Well, I just got to vent. So in the essay that, that Dr. Albritton wrote, I, I, I've got it on the screen. I'm just going to read straight from his essay because I think he, he, he words it just incredibly. So here's what he says. Some people think that it's okay to speak evil in order to vent. Psychological studies over the past decades have shown that venting, while it may give some very temporary fleeting sense of relief, ultimately does more to stir up anger and reinforce bad thoughts than to relieve the person who is venting. According to this body of scholarly literature, venting is bad for you. Rather than releasing bad feelings, venting stirs them up and strengthens them and perpetuates them. He goes on to say, venting does not ultimately help you. And thus violates this command without providing any relief. What command? Speak evil of no one. Even if it did provide some relief, you would not be doing any greater good in, taking, in talking bad about someone. You would only be serving yourself and your own feelings. And in doing so, you'd be putting yourself above others. Venting is not an acceptable excuse for speaking evil. It's sin. And like all sin... It is by nature destructive. It hurts you, and it hurts other people. Avoid it. That's Dr. Andrew Albritton. That's a professor at Missouri State University. Praise God, there's men like Dr. Albritton that are teaching at that university, huh? That's awesome. We don't vent. This is new humanity, and we don't vent. One other one, I'll just throw it out there. It's quick, but like insults. Man, we, we insult just, I mean, we don't even think about it. It's just so part of our culture. And we do most of the time. It's in jest, right? But we just insult each other. And, and it's funny, and that's what we see, and it's what we watch. It's just part of culture. So gossip and venting and insults, it's all blasphemy. Famia, and here's the thing, those are broad strokes, I get it. So, so I would like to hone in just a little bit. If you would just allow me to shepherd, to pastor you, and just get a little bit more specific about what some of these might look like. Um, let me talk to leaders in the room, and here's what I mean by this. Maybe you're a leader in this church, okay, so I'm, I'm talking to staff, I'm talking to other pastors, Maybe you are a leader at your place of employment, like you own a company, you are a manager, you're the boss. Here, here's what, well, let me talk to you for a minute, okay? So, so to staff um, and pastors, and this was to me, man, I had to sit and think about this, like, 
okay, in this town, do you realize everybody in this room has a ton of options? Like, yet they're here. If you have a company and people that work for you, that you, you oversee, you understand that those people are blessings, don't you? Like the people that come to this church, they're blessing. The people that work for you, they are a blessing. Why then would we ever blasphemia? Now, now let me talk to, to maybe the rest of you. Maybe you're not a leader in this church. Maybe you're not a leader at your place of employment. Um, you, you know, being a pastor and leading a ministry is really hard. If you've never done that, it's hard. Running a business, starting your own business, running it, and having employees, and you're responsible for, for, for their well-being and their families, you, that is hard. What are you saying about them? Speak evil of no one. Listen, speaking evil, talking bad about a pastor that screws up on the weekly, talking bad about a ministry leader who doesn't make the decision you thought they should make, that's kingdom of darkness stuff. That's old humanity language and we have been transferred into a new humanity yeah but they shouldn't sing those songs I mean I could do this all day let me touch on one more thing because I think I think I need to do it here in Springfield because I did tell you that, that you have a lot of other options in this town. So I'm, I'm talking to Hill City. This is your church, right? Your covenant member here. You're calling Hill City home. Um, so we've talked about like place of employment. We've talked about your place of worship. I think we have to touch on this, okay? Um, what about other places of worship? Whatever the church does on the highway or the church does in California or the church does in Texas, listen, Hill City Church, okay, it's, it's none of our business. What this pastor teaches his congregation about a certain topic, we don't get to chime in on that. He, he will stand before the Lord with what he teaches and how he shepherds his flock we aren't part of that flock so here's what I'm going to ask us to do let's just not talk about other churches and what other pastors might say and what they what they may not say do we have enough do we have enough inside our own walls we can deal with amen that's not a rebuke it's just a warning I'll just ask this where have you compromised where have I compromised? This is me. Where have I compromised? Where have I given myself a pass on slander? Obscene talk. What is this? 
Paul uses this word. This, this word in the Greek was only used one time. It's here in Colossians, obscene talk. It means low, shameful, abusive speech. And again, keep in mind, cuss words as we know them, they didn't even exist. Right? I could just name a bunch of cuss words. They weren't even words when Paul wrote this. So this is about way deeper than if you swear or not. It really is. Second Peter says this uh, in chapter 2. I'll just read it to you and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, draw, I'll connect the dots here. And if he rescued righteous Lot. Now raise your hand. Lot. Old Testament, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. Just shake your head, right? Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah, he picked the wrong place. This place was nasty, it was wicked, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. It said he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed, remember that, greatly distressed, by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was, tormented, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Okay, So listen, he was distressed day after day over what he saw, but also what he, what he heard. Um, this, I, I want to say this in love, okay? As I, as I evaluate, as I look, as, as I observe, I don't think that the people of God in this new humanity are very distressed by what they see and what they hear anymore. Because, listen, you know we say what we hear. That's true. I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute. We say what we hear. Now let me prove it to you. 30 years ago, if I would have stood on the stage and been like, hey, I'm going to take a selfie, the, the, the congregation would have been like, he's going to what? Now, raise your hand if you know what a selfie is. Okay, every, every one of you. This wasn't even a thing 30 years ago. But you know and you say what you hear. Oh, I'm not done. How about this? 30 years ago. Did you see that photo bomb? Wait, what? Did we say there, there, you said a bomb. Okay, who knows what a photo bomb is? All of you. It wasn't even a thing 30 years ago. It wasn't anything 20 years ago. What about this? Right now, this is some of you like, man, you're, you're too close to home right here. Hangry. Anybody hangry? <laughs> like, imagine me saying that 20 years ago. Wait, what did he say? Did he say hungry? No, he said, did he say angry? I don't know which one. Which, did he say both? Yeah, both together. <laughs> we know what hangry is. You know why you use it? Because you say what you hear. Are you with me? Um, on the regular I work out at the gym they play music and the, it's mostly at the gym where I hear this music but whether it's just uh, where I am you hear music playing on the regular okay we listen to songs and they're like oh you're doing this you're so old school whatever I don't care I won't lose an ounce of sleep over this okay on the regular we listen to songs that use the n-word Right? For, for African Americans. Listen to me. I can't, I've tried. I have sat and I have tried. I cannot think of one scenario where new humanity people think that's okay. It's not okay. And I'm not just talking to the white people in the room. I'm not, listen to me. This is new humanity. 
And there is no place for that word. There, there is no place in new humanity. We are a new people. To call a woman the B word over and over again. Like it's a comma. Or a hoe. And on the regular. Listen to me. This is new humanity. I, I am, I've racked my brain. I've studied this. Lord, it revealed to me. I'm telling you, like, Lord, show me where this would be okay in the new humanity to use those. That's obscene. It's absolutely obscene in the new humanity. Listen to me. I've heard the songs. I li- I've listened to them. And the reality is there's no distress here over what I hear. So I'm, t- I'm talking to you as a guilty man. I should be distressed over that. What am I saying? Listen, I'm st- I-, I have to do this. I got it to, we, church, listen to me, we, we're listening to things and we're watching things that are not edifying. And we're okay with it. Where that line is, I'm just going to tell you, you've been going to our church long enough, where that line is, that's between you and God. Where I'm not going to come, no pastor is going to come on the stage of this church and be like, here's what you can listen to, here's what you can't, here's what you can watch, here's what you can't. That is between you and God. But I know for a fact we're listening to things and we're watching things that are not edifying and it's old kingdom stuff. Lying. Pseudomai, pseudomai, the word pseudo, you know that, right? You, you know that word, you get where, where, where we get our word pseudonym. I use the word pseudo-sophisticates a lot. I'm surrounded by those guys a lot. So we have this phrase, speak the truth in love, right? And a lot of times that's used in context of like, well, I'm going to go tell somebody something really hard about the Bible and make them mad. But if I'm speaking the truth in love. Listen to me, let me, let's look at this phrase a little bit differently. How do we speak the truth in love, okay? Um, let, me t- let, me, let me tell you what happens here a lot. Are you ready? Hey, yeah, I'll call you. I'll call you this week. And you, you have no intention of calling whoever you just, you know you're not going to call them this week. You know what that is? That's, that's a lie. Or how about this? Okay, listen, I'm, t- I'm speaking to you as a guilty man. Hey, Brad, you guys want to come over? No, let me talk to Jenny, see what we got going. I'm not sure what we, blah, blah. When in my head I know like, no, I'm not coming over. But I, but I, take, this, I take this road, like I pass it off on my wife, like, well, kids, kids busy, schedule. Listen, you know what it is? It's lying. It's lying. Why, and, and, and the bottom line is it's, it's an integrity issue. We don't, know how to, we don't even know how to draw boundary lines and so much so that we can't be like, hey, no, actually, I'm not going to come over. I'm really tired. I just like to go home and be with my wife and kids, period. End of sentence. Well, well no, we, we got to take it where we got to lie. And it's a lack of integrity. Let me talk to you about this, too. Truthful speech. This is, I don't have time to, to dissect this, but just... Just go with me. Our truthful speech is actually what binds us. It's what makes us one. It unites us. Truthful speech. It's actually about the unity of the body. So let me just talk about this and then I'll move on. Let me talk about city groups just for a minute. A lot of you are in city groups. You're in a small group, gospel-centered community, all that, okay? Um, 
deflection is actually a form of dishonesty. It's a form of lying. So what am I talking about? Some of you have been in city groups for three years, two years, three years, four years. And the reality is the people you've sat with every single week, they don't know you. And the only way that is possible is if you're not telling the truth. That's, that's how we lie in the kingdom of light. So why do people lie? There are a lot of different reasons. I won't have time to get in that. Proverbs 19.5 says this. I'll just read it verbatim. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. So why do we do this then? If we know this is the truth, why do we do this? Why do we continue in them? I'll give you a couple reasons. Number one, Proverbs 18.8 says this, the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. You know why we slander? You know why we have obscene talk? You know why we lie? Because we like it. It tastes good. And, and what, here's what I mean by that. This is me, okay? I'm just, again, this is just a confessional sermon here. It feels way better to grab somebody and just start ripping another person. And then let's participate in this together. It feels way better to do that, just rip somebody, than it does to go alone to God and pray for that person. It just feels better. It tastes better. That, that's some of the stuff that I brought with me from the old humanity. Second reason that we continue to do it. This is hard to hear, but it's true. It's what's in our hearts. It's there. It's just really deep. It's deeper than it is for some people than it is for others. What do I mean that? Matthew chapter 12, this is multiple places in scripture, I'll use Matthew chapter 12. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that means this, you know why we slander? You know why there's obscene talk? You know why we lie? Because that's what's in our hearts. We brought that with us from the old humanity. Now let me just step up just really quickly. We heard the phrase like, oh, you don't know me, Anybody? Like they get upset, you start talking about, you don't know me, how dare you? Well, that's not really true. The Bible says, actually, I can know you because I listen to you talk. Now, I don't know why you're talking that way. I don't know why you slander. I don't know why there's obscene talk. I don't know why you lie. I can't get to that right now, but I know that I do know you. Because the Bible says, out of your mouth, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. Now, here's the reality. When you're transferred, we talked about this in a, in a past sermon. When you're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, you bring the kingdom of darkness thinking with you, which means this, you bring the kingdom of darkness speaking with you. That's why Paul says, no, you've got to continually put these things away. Put them away. Put, these, put this on, put this off. That is the pattern of our lives. So what do we do about this? All right, Brad, thanks for telling me. Remember, there's two parts to this, so you can come back next week. To, we'll talk about the, uh, the, ones that are, the ones that are way more pleasant to dive into, okay? But what do we do? You've told us this. Yes, there's, there's slander, there's obscene talk, there's lie. What do we do? First and foremost, out of the gate, can we understand, please, how tragic these can be? These are tragic. Why do I know that? Slander, obscene talk, and lying, they start fires. Are you with me? They start fires fires destroy lives so let's let's just play a quick game of would you rather my kids play would you rather parents if your kids play this you understand what i'm talking about the thing is my kids don't understand the game 
So they're like this. Would you rather fall off a building with no parachute or eat chocolate chip cookies? And I'm like, I'm driving. It's usually when we're driving, I'm just like, I look at Jenny. I'm like, they don't even know what they're doing. Okay, but that's how they play. Now we're going to do it the right way. Are you ready? Keep in mind, I've been watching a lot of uh, Nature is Metal. It's a, anyway, it's a nature show. So would you rather, would you rather a silverback gorilla be standing right here, uncaged, or 50 of you just take off out there and start slandering? Because here, here's what the Bible says. This beast, this imaginary beast I just told you, it could be tamed. It may just sit there and watch you. Maybe. But you go out there, 50 of you, you start doing that, we will set this city and this church on fire. Which one would you rather? It's a fire. We have to understand how destructive our tongues can be. Secondly, I told you to remember this phrase, renewed in knowledge. This goes back to a prior sermon, but i got to bring it back up. God's word, God's people, and God's presence. That's how you're renewed in knowledge. That is what will change your thought patterns. That's what will change your words. My wife wrote a post recently. We've been talking about this, but my wife wrote a post recently about uh, positive assumptions of people. So, like, now we're in this conversation. It's like, hey, that, was that a positive assumption? And, and as I'm studying this, I'm like, and it, we, we kind of do it, and, like, we're catching each other, and we're, we're doing it in kindness, but at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, if I'm not making positive assumptions of people, the only other option is blasphemia. So we need to be renewed in knowledge. Third, we need to pray. See, James, the same, the, same, the same book I read out of about the tongue being a fire also tells us that we have not because we ask not. We need to pray. Well, what do I pray? I need to, God, help me, help me talk better. Well, maybe. How about just open your Bible up to Psalms 141. Get before the Lord and, and just read it to him. Lord, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Ask him to do that. He'll honor it. It's his word. And then finally, we're going to look to Jesus. We always have to look to Jesus. When it comes to this, our tongue and this slander, I don't want us to be driven to shame here, okay? I want us to be driven to Jesus. And, and here's how that happens. When you catch yourself, because you will, when you catch yourself slandering, when you catch yourself obscene talk, when you catch, catch yourself lying, you just need to stop and go, oh, oh, that's in there. Okay, okay, that's in there. Lord, I need you. I need you every hour I need you. See, run to, run to Jesus with it. And here's the greatest news of all. I want you to hear this. See, for those of us who have been transferred to this new humanity, those of us who have been made alive, those of us who have been raised with Christ, we're going to stand before God. Can you imagine that? We're going to stand before the creator of the universe. And here's what isn't going to happen. Jesus is going to speak on our behalf. He's our speaker. And he's not going to slander us. That's not how Jesus talks to the Father on our behalf. Amen? And he knows all of our crap. He's going to say, hey, she's mine. He's mine.
mind. He's good, covered. There will be no slander in him. And he knows our worst moments, doesn't he? Let's be like our king. Let's speak like our king speaks.